0: Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if, like, my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. Because they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm.
1: I don't you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Maybe.
2: Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX. <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket. On a drone ship is key. Charger charger, <laughs> charger, <laughs> charger, <laughs> charger, <laughs> charger, 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 charger. How am I
0: expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safety.
2: Charger, charger, charger. You know, I'm not a good parker, yeah. Tom. I'll be in the first to admit it. I yeah. just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. Six. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. To Tesla. You don't even yeah, have to remember Tesla. that. You've got
0: a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I
1: wouldn't call it a screw up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls! It's
2: time for Talking Tesla 108. No more old guy jokes. No, we've stopped doing the old guy jokes, and we are going to stop even talking about the fact that we've stopped doing old guy <laughs> jokes. We are, yeah. Can we when? stop? That? Should we stop
0: next time? Yeah, let's this do time. time. What that about next dad time? jokes? No. So no. this weekend, it's Monday. Yesterday, I had a new member of my family arrive to this planet. Ooh, my cousin had a lovely young baby girl Welcome to the world, Goldie Thanks for joining us
2: Goldie! You need to think about your choices, Goldie This may not be the right time To have been born? It wasn't up to her
0: Isn't that how it works? No, no, no It's not, you know how, it's not a stork thing Really? It's, yeah, there's some boots that were knocked Probably on a birthday. (laughs) What? You've never heard
1: that term? Knocking boots? Knocking what? boots. You never Goldy heard that terminology. I yeah, actually so. do that all the time when I'm working out in the garden, and I get a bit of mud, and I don't want to walk back in the house. I <laughs> that's
2: kinda that's knock how my boots. babies are born. Mm-hmm. And oh you... my <laughs> God!
1: I've got to be very careful
0: <laughs> next right. time I knock my boots. Uh, uh, all right, <laughs> let's start the show. All Which right, show well, is this?
2: Uh, this is Talking Tessa. It's a great show. We thank the Patreons. We've got a lot more. We haven't quite reached the Patreon number, Tom. We're Fresh at one seventy-seven. I
0: car. mean, we're getting close. We got this episode. Tell and me, and you got. Next episode. So we got two more episodes, right? So we will announce at, at not at the end of the not at the beginning of the next episode, but at the beginning of the following episode. Whether you people were successful or not, hmm. and whether or not my car gets crushed, and. On some level, I'm kind of hoping it doesn't happen because then I'm going to have to find out if I actually can crush my <laughs> car because that's going to be embarrassing for all three of us. you doing... people have gone along with me. Well,
2: I've... well, here's the problem. What if it costs like five thousand dollars to yeah, crush? Well, that's, so that's car. on you,
0: dude. This is a show. You produce the show, right? Oh, when, yes. when we talk about sh- when lot. we talk about the production of the Talking Tesla, I, my name, uh, Robert. When you listen to the end credits, is your name listed as a producer? or just as, like, on-air talent? My name, uh, I don't actually
1: even hear my name. No,
0: your name is is, is I just is heard. heard. In oh, that lovely Australian
1: li- lilt. Yeah, so that's like, uh, yeah. That's
0: Cece's voice.
1: I'm just, uh.
2: Well, we've learned some things here today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The, crushing Tom's car is going to cost me a lot of money. So,
0: <laughs> patrons. We haven't actually learned that. We don't know. We think maybe it's possible.
2: Actually, they're not patrons. There's a letter. We'll get to it later. They're patrons. Yeah. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please be patrons of this wonderful show. Uh-huh. Particularly if I'm going to have to pay for getting Tom's <laughs> That's upsetting. Let's Move on. Hey, I want to talk some uh, news and events. Uh, just a few quick things to get things started. Mm-hmm. Tesla recalled eleven thousand Model Xs. That's weird. Well, it turns out the car companies have to recall things all the time. Yeah, it's
0: sort of a thing they do.
2: So Tesla has done this before. Ninety thousand Ss back in the day because there was a possible seatbelt problem. This time it's uh, eleven thousand Xs, and here's the, what you need to know: between October twenty eighth and August. 2017, so October 28, 2016, and August 2017, if that's when your X was built and you have folding seats, you might have to go and get them fixed, because about 3% of the folding seats apparently weren't bolted properly, and they move. Hold on a second. So only the folding seats? Only the folding seat version. Fascinating.
0: So that. Really so Elon was right all along. along. He should never have folded those <laughs> seats.
1: <Yeah. laughs> well, uh, I, I can't remember. It was, gosh, maybe... Back in December, when they were just starting to deliver the folding seats here in the U.S., because my buddy Eric got the X with the five seats and the folding. And Mm -hmm. so hmm, it's not that many cars, really, because not that many people ordered it, at least at the beginning. It's 11,000, according to this article.
2: Yeah, that seems to be a large number of Xs, but I guess they were all folding seats at that point.
1: That tells us that uh, folding seats got really popular really quick. People were like, oh. I think I can buy this car now. Kind I guess of what folding you folding seats. You were going on about for a
0: long, time. I mean, potentially I may have time. seen this coming. It's yes. possible.
2: Yes. If you go back in time, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> when the first pictures of the Model X came out, Tom called it. It's like, those seats don't fold. And I said, Tom, you're an idiot. Who would make a car without folding seats? Tesla. And also, who would buy a car without folding seats? I mean, Mel. Yes. <laughs> and,
0: and I don't know what's wrong with the seatbelts, but I will tell you this. Just recently, the seatbelts in RS... Also started acting up a bit. They're much more difficult to lock in, so we have mm. to have it checked out.
2: There you go. Well, yeah, I'm sure you'll be getting an email, but if you don't and you have an X under those circumstances, you may want to take it in. Please. Or your just, safety, don't, just don't put anybody in that middle row. Your safety matters to us. There you go. And another sort of quick one, which is Model 3 making uh, the machine making number three. And this is from Teslarati. Mm-hmm. So remember that uh, a couple of weeks ago, Model 3 production was very bad, only 220. And a number of people like Aris Technica said, this really sounds like they're building them by hand. And then Elon said, uh, that's not true, and showed a picture of some um, welding occurring. Mm -hmm. And then they've just sent out another one that says that they're stamping, the stamping machine. So they showed a video of the stamping machine stamping really fast, again, (laughs) to say it's not true. And in fact, a Tesla uh, person said this. Mm -hmm. We are simply working through the S-curve of production that we drew out for the world to see at the launch event. There's a reason it's called production hell, read a statement by Tesla.
0: Yeah. So what the first video shows us, as long as you want a single car to be welded at one-tenth the normal speed, Tesla can do that. And if all of the Model 3s were made out of one single stamped body part they can also do that
1: oh my god well
0: i'm just telling you that's what the video showed us that they can make that part like that no boom, but, no delay
2: but tesla specifically then went on to say this Saying that the report was fundamentally wrong and misleading. The report that mm-hmm. said that they were building them by hand. Mm-hmm. They are building them by the machine. The machine is going slow until they ran a production. Mm-hmm. And I'd just like to say, could you hurry up because I really need that model three right now? But they're also talking about
0: production. Bottlenecks causing the problem, right? So that there's multiple things that they're claiming at the moment, right? There you hear things about bottlenecks, right, which we assume means supply chain issues right not, you've not talked like about that
1: problems drinking beer no
0: no 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 supply okay. chain issues yes. right other companies not being able to provide a part like if you're building a car with 10,000 parts and you're sitting in a, in a room with 9,999 of those parts you cannot build the car
1: i've done legos before i know how bad yeah, that is well but
0: legos a little different because you can always find the little red square and maybe just adapt it a little bit not if you
1: only have 9,999 parts. Yeah, that's true. true. You can't make a Death Star without that last little Lego. If you don't have that one Lego to hold the two pieces together, then your Death Star ain't a Death Star. We're getting a letter on this one. You know, the good news about all of this, which I think is just so much ado about nothing, to quote a famous writer, is that it only gives you an opportunity to buy Tesla stock still before it's below $400. Because this just keeps a little bit of a lid on the Tesla stock price. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as 4,000 people have their Model 3s and they're zooming all around and a bunch of other people who never put money down go, I need a new car. I want a Model 3. Then the Tesla stock price will go over $400. Well, let's find out. Hey, Google,
2: what's Tesla's stock price today?
0: Tesla shares are trading at $350.34 a share on NASDAQ as of 11.32 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, down 1.47% from last Friday.
2: Hasn't crashed yet. Uh, a lot of people are hoping for the big crash. <laughs> hey, I'm going to ask Google a real question, okay? Here's a real question. This could be really helpful. Hey, Google, what will Tesla's stock price be in a year?
0: <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to help with that
2: yet. That's too bad because that could be really helpful. <laughs> so what you what 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 you forgot is when you pushed
0: purchase on Google Store or whatever, and got, you didn't buy the Google Time Machine, machine
1: Home.
2: How? That would really be. I really think that work. Very on that. Helpful, very yeah. helpful. Very helpful. They only
1: have to be able to make one. <laughs> I know we've already transitioned into the Tesla and away from mm-hmm. the events, but let me just tell you one funny event. Yes. Yesterday I went to the Peterson Automotive Museum. Ooh. Yes. For the Tesla vault Club tour. gathering lunch vault tour. Very interesting. I could go on and on and on about that. Oh, we know. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me. Three imp- three important cars they had down there in the vault. Go one. Tesla Roadster <gasps> 2 Tesla Model S oh. 3 Guess. EV1 No
0: the model electric from like 1919
1: the Tesla Model X they had all three of those in the t- in the museum they had their S was number 8 Oh. Uh, their X was number 75, oh. and they had Roadster number 77. In addition to multiple more electric cars upstairs, like mm. EV1, there was a Baker that I'm, we saw I'm when we question. were downstairs. Was there yeah.
2: a candlestick maker? <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Were they all founders red? Like, what
1: were their no. co- colors? Oh, their colors. Okay, I'll get back to that. So,
2: how did they get them? Did they? Did somebody have them? Drive it around? This is great, and uh, this should go to the museum.
1: Yeah, they rich have my car. Yes, the woman wasn't quite sure. She thought maybe they were on loan from Tesla, but to look at them, yeah, I think these were donated cars, or at least cars that they said, "Hey, quick, we need three people to bring Teslas in here, so we don't look like like I, I can't use a derogatory word in front of the entire Tesla group, which included people from Orange County um, and Los Angeles. You they were planted? For your event? I'm sure they were parked there for us to see them, but there was a black, a dark gray, and a dark green car.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess are all of... Uh, yeah, that's a that's a tough question. Are all of the Teslas such, of such historical value that they belong in a museum? Not that every car at the Peterson is a historical. Yeah, they're historic. They made history. Not every
1: single vehicle. Every single. No, vehicle. No, no, no. I'm not saying every single vehicle. No, the I, that's what I'm asking. Have. Yeah, like, but so there they are... are some pretty amazing cars there. Yeah. I, but the you know, if you really wanted a museum that spanned all of the important elements of cars, it would be and enormous, do. enormous. And the interesting thing about the Peterson is that it connects with so many people, mostly men, because they're like, I don't know, it's really strange. We're really into our cars. We are really into our well, cars. Well, the Peterson
0: is not in the middle of this country. The Peterson is in California, which is a place where mm. we want to be in our cars so much. At some point in the early 1950s, we built restaurants to hang food on the side of our cars because we didn't want to get out of them. That's true. But And movie theaters. <laughs> So we
1: could watch TV in our cars because we didn't want to get out of them. But, you know, I was at the end of a, a second vault tour when a fellow had stopped the woman who was giving the tour. And he had to tell her that this particular uh, Mercury car from 1950 something that she was wrong that the, the it was actually a 57 because the 56 is the one that had the fin that actually dipped down in the back. And it's like the details that so he we, felt
0: he needed to mansplain her.
1: Is that what that's called?
2: Mansplaining? Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. Uh, growing up in Australia, <laughs> oh. all my brothers and all the guys there just knew everything about every car. They yes. could look at a fin yes. or a
1: front headlight and tell you the year they make the model. Precisely. Like, so we're so connected with them. That might be one of the reasons why it's, it's so challenging to transition to electric vehicles. Because it flies in the face of that sort of urge to be... Um, I don't know, comforted by something that's familiar. But what I was trying to bring up, the one point I was trying to bring up Sorry, was that I was standing there, we're all in this big group, I don't mm-hmm. know, 40 people, waiting to go on the tour. I've got my little Tesla Club insignia on because I'm one of the board members of the LA Cl- Tesla Club. And a fellow comes up to me and he says, oh, I see your name badge. That uh, I mean, you must be part of the club. And I said, yes. And he said, "I know that voice. You're from Talking Tesla." And I was just kind of floored. Look at you. See, we can't
2: pay you, but every now and then somebody's going to recognize you. That's
1: right. And and I, and at least he had good things to say. So I guess so far we're doing a decent job. Never me, happens to me.
2: Let me finish this discussion about cars and men. Uh, talking about uh, the Right Reverend Jerry Seinfeld. Who uh what? <laughs> I like to think He's of not a as, rabbi? I like to think of him as a very important uh person, uh, almost a religious figure in my life. And uh he did this <laughs> bit where it's like, uh, when we went to the moon, mm-hmm. why did we take a car? Because there's things <laughs> there's two things that men like <laughs> women and cars. And they think they can get women by their car. So when they went to the moon they thought, There might be women there, yeah. we better take a car. Oh.
0: Or do you think it was just like they didn't know once they got there if there would be like general malaise – there, there might have been a game on, and, and Armstrong was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to walk around out there. And they're <laughs> like, all right, we'll bring a car. Because I yeah. guess they, you it know, brings up an interesting point. What kind of useful stuff could they have brought to the moon had they not brought a
2: car? <laughs> this is exactly the right reference Jerry Seinfeld's point. Oh Surely there's other
1: more practical things, but we're guys. We're taking a car. Like maybe a tent. <laughs> Well, nowadays, we'd bring some sort of a drone device Uh or a robotic device that does have wheels that looks like a car. But may I say that, Mr. Armstrong, um, there was no uh, car on that. Apollo mission, but at was, some point, all right, that's, that's true. Point. That got it up true. there. Some dude later on. At some point, yeah. At some point, the guy was did like, the, "You know what? I'll go to the moon,
0: but I'm bringing my car."
1: <laughs> did they have like a, an area on the car where they could hang one of those little food trays so that the girl with the roller skates, Maybe. in short shorts, could come up with the
0: burger? They were the interesting thing about NASA, right? Is they did have the fuzzy dice. But they had to figure out, in a zero-gravity environment, how to get them to look like they were hanging down. So they used a hard wire as opposed to just a yarn that holds them together. Does that ordinary. mean they had a
1: hook on the back of the little car for the hanging other thing that we see sometimes no, here? No, no. That, was, that the was
0: way farther down the line. Trucks, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Don't even get me started about why
2: they took a golf club to the moon. <laughs> that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, but that's genius. But I'm, I'm so ah. for it. But let's talk about Tesla firing lots and lots of people. And what does this mean? Is this much ado about nothing or is it much ado about something? It's hard to say. So the
0: company fired somewhere between 400 and 700 employees. They claim that it was the result of a company-wide annual review uh, and not actual layoffs and that most of these positions will be replaced. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of back and forth, a lot of rumors in this article from the Mercury News. So this is a very unusual experience in the Silicon Valley area for a whole lot of people from a big Multi-billion-dollar tech company to just get laid off. So there's some that say that they were f- targeting the union organizers. Mm-hmm. Don't know, you know. Maybe the union organizers. They, Maybe being, the union. They. <laughs> Yeah, it could have been the UAW saying stuff like that. So it's interesting. I don't know if this means anything. Sort of. Untoward, Because there's another story a couple of weeks ago in the Mercury News that shows Tesla's expanding its ability to house workers. So whether or not that site is being built to house workers that are currently in the factory that they would like to move out of the factory is sort of unknown, but they are still growing as a company take it for what you will. I don't know.
2: Yeah, they, they actually, I read another article that said they've actually been, been net positive on the, the number of people who work for Tesla yeah. by a substantial amount. And this is exactly what you want to see. This is exactly what private industry is supposed to do. They're supposed to assess how you're doing. And if you're not doing a good job after a little bit of feedback, bye-bye now.
1: Yeah. See you, comma later. I wonder how many people were let go after the yearly review last year or the year before that. And my expectation is that, you know, Tesla is spooling up to do, I don't know, orders of magnitude, more production. So they need more people. Although the robots are doing a great deal of the work. Did any of the robots get fired? That's an yeah. aside.
0: Yeah, just that one, though. He was, Yeah, you know how
1: they can be. And so, you know, so they fire a few people. Is this to send a message? Hey, we are unable to tolerate any shenanigans. I mean, one guy talked about he was late a few times. You know, I say I'm late twice. What does that mean? I'm late six times. <laughs> <laughs> I say that myself. I drink yeah. down, beer or not. It's yeah. actually twelve. So the
0: managing exactly. editor at Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader, he thought the dismissals could be an effort by Tesla management to sort of improve production, and he and I quote, a major change in staff, whether through dismissal or layoff, is an indication that there is an upper level movement to put the train back on the tracks. Mm-hmm. So this could be just a, a sort of a forward-facing, look, we are paying attention. We know we disappointed you. This is how we're going to address it. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Either way, it sucks for anybody who got laid off. We feel, of course, terrible for those people. They had jobs. Just the way that it works. They have families. Re- That's a bummer.
1: Recall the Tesla parking lot, the Instagram page. Yeah. How, many, how many people who used that parking lot appear like they should have been fired? With bottles of booze and cans of beer well, but, and but parking that, on top of things they shouldn't park on but, top of. Well, that stuff, yeah, but you
0: assume that just the bottles of beers weren't local teenage kids in there? I mean, we've driven into
1: that parking hey, lot several times. I'm not so a prosecutor nor a judge. No, I understand I'm looking that. for association and explanation. And as right. well, I wonder how many of these fired were managers. Because if you think back, Elon did some pretty important sweeping and letter writing to the people who manage the employees. And there was an employee complaint about I can't remember what it was in the factory. And Elon went in and he said, look, if the managers aren't willing to look at these people the right way and to address their concerns, then I will. And I wonder how many people got fired because they're not managing appropriately.
0: Yeah, you know, according to the article, they weren't just production factory workers. There were managers. Mm-hmm. There were engineers. There were all kinds of folks in all different aspects of uh, the Tesla car factory and manufacturing. So it sounds so. like
1: Tesla's actually doing like what they should be doing. Right. Managing and You'd their like workforce. to believe that
2: everybody's doing their job well and nobody had to get fired, but that's not how the world works. I certainly have worked in a number of institutions where it was impossible to get fired and that is a toxic environment. It is yeah. it,
0: it's the timing of it is is bad for Tesla in some levels. That doesn't mean they shouldn't have done it, but obviously we see that the news is very negative on Tesla. They're struggling for production, they're struggling for production and then this is sort of the the optic that we get a little bit from... Do you
2: think they all were working on the Model 3 line? No.
0: I, again, I we they're not giving any of that information. Yes. We're, they're not saying these were layoffs, so keep people from panicking, right? They didn't do what they were... If you were going to lay someone off, you need to uh, notify the state ahead of time. That was not done in this particular situation because Tesla is claiming these are not layoffs. These are just review-based firings. They did uh let state regulators know that they were laying off 63 people in the solar city operations in Roseville so mm-hmm. They, are, I, they do the right thing. On there.
2: a sort of a separate note, just as an aside, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, but there's a Model 3 for sale. I sent it to Tom. Yeah. Very, very nice car. Yeah. I think that
1: it was way underpriced. If
2: you want to get a Model 3 right now, was it $150,000? Yep.
1: That is correct, yeah. 2,000 miles on it.
2: 2,000 miles on it, $150,000. I thought that Elon specifically said to the employers who are getting these
1: first series of cars, I do not want you reselling and price gouging these. Yeah, but he
0: can't control that.
1: Yes, he did say that, and it was in the contract, but this is an ex-employee. I was wondering, and I thought that was the case, that somebody left the company and said, and now I
2: shall therefore cash out. Tom, buy my Model 3 right now, $150,000. We're going to need a lot
0: more patrons at, the, for at, the, to at
1: the lunch table, Eric and Mark and a number of us were talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, the consensus is it was far too inexpensive because who really wants this car? Who would pay Ford a million dollars uh, for this car? Uh, yes,
0: Daimler. They've been known. So uh, there are some articles around out and about. I don't know. I don't have any attributions for those articles. But when... The X came out. Ford bought one at a pretty good premium yes. to sort of take it apart. Yes. GMs bought Ss. So I mean, this is what car companies sort of do.
1: They go out and right. see what. So why is this guy put it down for a uh, hundred and fifty grand that's instead still of a pretty million decent dollars? Premium
0: because in the ball because in the ballpark, he's like, all right,
1: I'm going to make a hundred grand very very quickly. And it's off Craigslist now. It's been taken down, so you know what that yeah. means. E- Ford's, Ford's got themselves. It a means Elon three. bought it. Yeah. Wow.
2: I didn't, yeah. Okay. I was thinking we could get one for Tom, but you know. No, nope, I don't now. It's
1: not in the talking Tesla budget. You're saying um, 150 grand. We for need Model like 5,000 yeah. Patreon subscribers. Not I
0: 160. I wouldn't want you to spend 150,000 on a Model 3 for me, Mel. I appreciate that you're even considering oh, it. Oh,
2: that's uh, nice. Uh, I'm actually Tom. I think you've misunderstood.
0: I'm, I'm not at all considering. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Wait, I, it felt like there was about to be like a very generous sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. Now, if coming. there's going to
2: be a Model 3 coming into the studio, I need one right now. Okay, I really do need one. So. If production need to Could do get it. worked out. Really how about doing with a car right you, now?
0: You pay the one fifty. Yeah. You use it yeah. for what? I don't know how long you need it for a week or so, probably because you get bored of it. That's just how you work. And then on. you just give it back. Then you just turn it over
2: to to me. Oh, how about I sell it to Ford for one point eight million?
0: They're not going to wait. They don't. They don't. They don't need to. My guess I, is they were in line in front of Robert. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> in it's possible. City. Go
1: down there and put your name on there. And so, uh. How about this as an offer? Let me just make an offer on behalf of Talking Tesla. Okay, go. If you have a Model Three out there, and you'd like us to spend a couple hours in your Model Three recording a Talking Tesla show,
0: yes. And you live I in think... this neighborhood, and you live right well, nearby. Just was... roll
1: on over here. Mm-hmm. We've got all the gear. We'll you know just where kind we are. of roll, pull a bunch of wires out to the car, and then we record a show in your car in the driveway here. Wouldn't that be sweet? It would be. Great. Yeah. Let's talk about Autopilot uh, 2.0 versus 1.0. Just a very
2: quick one. Another one from Tesla Teslarati. This is from a uh, person called Black Tesla. That's what their name is under the uh, YouTube. And they have a side-by-side video of driving pretty much the same route with a model. Uh, I can't remember if it X or an S. Both. They're both, they're both S's. S's. Hardware 2.0, hardware 1.0, and sort of doing a comparison. And the summary is that hardware 1.0 drives it better and smoother. And I've got to say that I was really complaining about the wavy lines. They got fixed. Then I was complaining that it's still hardware 2.0 draws a bit like a drunken teenager. And i got to say it
1: has not gotten better in at least two months. Hasn't gotten better. And Robert, what's your experience? Yeah. I, you know, so again, I think the greatest analogy, and I've heard this over and over again. I even heard it yesterday at the, at the Tesla Club event. It's like driving with a 15-year-old driver who just got their learner's permit. You know, they're just behind the wheel for the first time in the real world, as opposed to with, you know, an instructor next to them. And they're like not paying attention to the road so much. So your waviness is a bit there. Somebody kind of cuts you off and you don't get on the brake fast enough. When I put the car in the number two lane or the number one lane and I set it to autopilot on roads that are very heavily traveled, heavily traveled by me, the 101 freeway, the 405 freeway, the 210 freeway. I don't really have a problem. The car drives nicely. I can depend on it. I'm looking up every 45 seconds or so to jiggle the wheel and to make sure just the environment looks fine. But I do not have to pay hawk-like attention that whole time. And that just makes me feel so much more comfortable. When I was sitting on the freeway this morning coming over here... It doesn't make me feel comfortable. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. I mean, I've done you know, 25,000 plus miles a year in a car for many years now, that's a lot of miles. That's a lot of time in the saddle. And I can tell you that I've had no accidents. I've caused no accidents. And with autopilot, the same. But my stress level is less. And when I look next to me uh, at a couple of people driving along on the freeway just this morning, they're gripping the wheel, you know, 10 and 2 o'clock. I know they shouldn't do that, right? It's supposed to be 9 and 3 o'clock according to tom and the class and they're gripping the wheel their eyes are on the road they're looking i see the 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 like stress above their eye and their foreheads i'm not experiencing that okay. that to me is worth 5 grand for however long i have this car So uh, it's driving
2: like a drunken teenager, except in areas that are well-traveled. Okay, it's
1: driving like a non-drunk
0: teenager. No, I didn't say
2: drunken. Mine's a drunken teenager. Mine is a (laughs) driver who doesn't know how to drive and is drunk. Yesterday, there was just this, uh, again, it was that same thing. Driving down the freeway, everything's fine. A little cloud comes over, and then there was this burst of brightness, and the car flipped a lid.
1: It just hit the brakes. I'm like, that's upsetting. So anyway, Black Tesla has got a lot of great videos on YouTube. This is his first in a while. And I hands off to him. He says he's going to do the X. He's going to do nighttime driving with the two autopilots. He sets a camera up nicely, goes down the same route, and and he matches situations. So like with motorcycles going by versus cars merging into your lane, it looks like one autopilot one is still better or at least more Uh, comfortable for the driver because the interaction is better. And I'm hoping, wishing, praying praying for Autopilot 2 to get better. This
2: week on Patreon, I spoke about. Uh, I don't think I sent it to you, boys. I think I forgot. No, no it's s- okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. I didn't get last week's email. And you're not Patreons, apparently? Mm, no. Okay, interesting. I guess I have to. <laughs> oh, so beat. we should pay oh! to be on this show. So I am I should pay to crush Tom's mm-hmm. car. Yes. Uh, so I talked about oh, it's the most efficient way to get from point A to point B. And I got a tear. I thought I did a really good job. This week on Patreon, instead of doing it in the main show, I'm going to talk about how to fix Puerto Rico's power because we've just heard, of course, that Elon is sending uh, power packs. Over to Puerto Rico, and actually they have been spotted. So Tesla, Radio Electric, and others have uh, shown us pictures of power packs getting off the planes in Puerto Rico. So obviously Tesla is at least a
1: part of the plan. And I read through your notes, Mel. This is awesome. I can't wait to hear it. I hope, I hope I get to hear it. I guess I well, have to maybe if you're a subscribe Patreon. Subscribe to Patreon. Mm. Wow, a tough room. It is. I know. You'd think I gave enough. Here uh, is another little thing about uh, wind farms. Yeah, I caught this when I was leaving a meeting last week in uh, Orange County. I grabbed the newspaper. I love when the hotels give you a free newspaper. I don't know what it costs them, but for me... It makes me feel It depends on the newspaper What newspaper did you get? Well, this was not one that you were going to feel good about You got the USA Today USA Today So I I actually had flipped through the USA Today Mm -hmm. Uh, The great thing is that I can read the paper cover to cover in about 12 minutes Mm -hmm. Actually, they also write it in 12 minutes Yeah (laughs) <laughs> and then all of our Patreon supporters who are also working for USA Today have just dropped out. Sorry, And so I caught this small snippet. This was in the October 19th issue where they talk about Alliant Energy mm-hmm. is installing a 300 megawatt wind farm in Iowa. Iowa is a pretty windy place, but it's also a pretty red state. And I'm really Double excited. Bonus. Yeah. I'm really excited. 121 turbines over Thirty thousand acres? does not that seem like a lot of acreage for yes. not that
0: many turbines?
1: Well, I don't know what the uh, situation I don't is maybe. Either. I don't They're, know.
0: I mean that was just my initial sort of thought process. That's a lot of acreage. Seems like they could have stuck a
1: I don't know, 122 turbines in that amount of space. Stuff a couple extra. Maybe these are the ginormous ones, the two hundred and forty yeah. foot tall ones. I mean three
0: hundred megawatts is a lot of megawatts. I mean we couldn't explain what that actually meant. Because that's
1: not what we do here. But one of our listeners probably could. 130,000 homes. That's a lot of homes. That's a lot of homes. And maybe this whole area is staked out so they can more easily drop in another 260 windmills Mm -hmm. if they have a good connection to Chicago or other areas that use a lot of electricity. Like they say, every little bit of green energy helps. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls,
2: I was reading over the weekend as well that... um, Wind energy over the oceans is significantly more than wind energy over the land. So there's there's a, certainly a big push right now to be thinking maybe we should be building them out in the oceans because there is four times as much wind energy at sea level out in the oceans than there is on the land because the land tends to slow everything down. Yeah. Because so yeah.
1: of all the bumpiness. All the, the trees bumpiness. and the bumpiness. The and, cars. And, yeah. People. Silliness. The, the people. sheep. You're not tall enough. Sorry. I'm not tall enough? You're not tall enough. Uncertainly, not, not even not even Mel's friend, seven foot two, what is tall the, enough to what block. What the
0: heck is that supposed to mean? That
1: means that a tree that's hundred feet tall is a lot worse at blocking the wind than oh, you. But there, it's just. I cre- it's also got leaves. And I create stuff, a lot of wind.
2: <laughs> but I digress. Let's talk about supercharges. <laughs> wow, but you
0: digress. That should be
1: the name of this show. <laughs> that's right. Yes. But we digress. Omg, seventeen to report this week not as exciting as the last couple of weeks, but there is activity primarily in the United States. We have eight open new superchargers, six in the United States and two in, I was going to say, should I put in South Korea? Because there's only one Korea that could ever possibly have a supercharger in the predictable future. You I mean, could
0: put a supercharger in there. You could have somebody sort of just make one or, or right. sneak across and go grab
1: one. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, you know, would Tesla send a tech to North Korea to put a supercharger in? I mean, Pyongyang? I'm not raising my hand in that volunteer meeting. I'll tell you yeah, that I don't right know. now. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if that basketball guy, what's his name? I can't remember. So Rodman's going to go and yeah. install superchargers Rodman says, I've got a Tesla. Here, <laughs> I'm going to give you a Tesla. In fact, um, Mark, the guy who I, I got to be friends with at the Tesla mm-hmm. event, said that a few years ago mm-hmm. he was in Laos. And he was walking on the street because he works for a big tech company and had to go to Laos, I think. Anyway, he happens upon a Tesla parked on the street in Laos. And he's like, Mm -hmm. what? There's no superchargers here. Where's the nearest service center? And it turns out that some guy in Laos (laughs) who has money and in tech was in San Francisco. He just loved the car. And he just had one sent over.
0: It's good to be the king. So it could of be, Laos.
1: yeah, exactly. Well, he wasn't quite the king, I don't think. But I digress. Construction: <sighs> three new superchargers entering construction. One that wasn't actually on the supercharged info website. Uh, Andy uh, from Southern Texas, uh, Southern Tesla Club. Uh, I think it was the Southern. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Andy. Can you try to be a good little more vague? Uh huh. Sent me an email Mm -hmm. or a text or something that uh, Wilcox, Arizona, has started to be in construction. So now... Anybody who calls you and says there's a
0: supercharger being built in their neighborhood, you're just going to throw into the show, even though it's not on the official supercharger
1: page. Well, the supercharger page gets updated by the people. And so I did send an email through to the supercharger, uh, supercharge.info website and let them know. So what was important about what Andy told me, Mm -hmm. and the reason I'm bringing this to TikTok and Tesla Nation, is that this is one of the three remaining jewels on the necklace that is I-10. In other words, linking the southern route in the United States. Tesla originally linked the United States east to west or west to east, depending on your orientation, along the I-70. Mm-hmm. And they've been slowly working to link both east and west coasts along the other major interstates. So, so they're working systematically.
0: Huh.
1: Wilcox, Arizona... And uh, uh, there's a, s- a site in New Mexico that's under construction. But there's still another one in Texas that's sort of a hole in the necklace. This will then complete the I-10 through east to west, which I think is really important. That is big, huge, large, enormous, and nice. Six <laughs> Six superchargers went into permit, two in the U.K., Two in the U.S. as well as Canada and Switzerland, and the Laramie, Wyoming, which we talked about last week, mm-hmm. is now officially open. So I can feel more comfortable that last week I reported it as open, though. Yeah, it was in a kind of a quasi state. Can we have some fun with Mel real quick? Hey, sure. Mel, can you pronounce
0: the third place on this list?
2: Third place on this list. One, one second here.
0: Sa- Saturday, October fourteenth.
2: Yeah. Ah. Leicester Forest
0: oh, East Northbound, nice. United Kingdom. Nicely done. He didn't say Leicester Gesture. That's true. It's Leicester. the Leicester
1: Leicester Northbound and Southbound I know. Superchargers. They got both.
0: That's pretty baller over there in Leicester. Yeah, Forest. well, people
1: in England obviously don't like to cross over. No. You know, if I'm southbound. Forget it, man. I'm staying southbound. <laughs> Forget it. And if I'm northbound, no way. I'm not I'm going not, southbound. I'm, I'm going, going under this overpass. I'm going
0: only northbound. Maybe they don't have overpasses. I have no idea or underpasses or as a were. Yeah. Or underpasses,
2: yeah. you underpasses. the Kingdom that is United? No. You need to go. It's one of the great places in the world. And Very it's nice. a kingdom. It's all together. It's united. They, they call it united. Mm-hmm. Lots of But castles. they call it multiple
0: things. There's the UK. Oh, my God. Great Britain. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. And then there's... Uh... The city
2: of London. <laughs> there's a YouTube that tries to explain. It is impossible for anybody outside. I bet you nobody here understands it either. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Great Hence, Britain, United oh. Kingdom, Northern Ireland's in
1: there. It's Such a, just... A... It's wacky. Yeah, it's, okay. it's beautiful. I love it. I right. love Scotland, but I won't get... <laughs>
2: Don't get me started because if it's not Scottish, it's shit. We've got We got so close. We I, got so close, I Robert. I to
1: hear it. I really
0: did want to hear it. You flew too close to the sun.
1: So the last is to point out that the Brooklyn, New York supercharger that opened is one of these new Metro superchargers. What, what? No Brooklyn accents? Nothing? No, let's not do
0: it. I don't Don't do do Brooklyn.
2: It's Brooklyn, lad. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) That's pretty close. It's from Brooklyn. (laughs) At
0: least
1: you didn't be like, ask me for a piece of pizza in Scottish. And so I wanted to point out that the Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, New York supercharger uh, is still called a supercharger. Even though if you look on the Tesla website, it says four superchargers comma Available 24-7, comma, up to 72 kilowatts.
0: Comma. That's how you talk to Siri.
1: No, the, the 72 kilowatts doesn't have a <laughs> punctuation symbol after <laughs> no, it. But I know. The point is, is that little phrase tells us it's one mm-hmm. of these single metro superchargers. You don't have to worry about plugging into A versus B and, you know, be pissed off when the neophyte plugs into your, quote, supercharger and cuts your charge rate. These are... Um, It says up to 72 kilowatts. Mm -hmm. So it leads me to believe that if the electricity is not, you know, coming to the supercharger station in a good quality, which we'll talk about in a little bit later, that, you know, you may not get 72 kilowatts. But that's the new way of telling, is this one of these individual stations or one of the shared supercharger stations? Exciting. Good on you, Brooklyn. Yeah. So that joins the Chicago and the Boston Uh, of these metro chargers. And I'm curious to, I haven't actually done like deep dive research into how many of these city center superchargers are this new style, but I'm curious to know, are they just going to abandon the old type superchargers in the cities? I mean, like, I want to know, what is the plan? I think in the cities, there's no reason to have the super fast
2: superchargers. I was wondering how long until This is sort of uh, like old news. Like five years from now, do we just see Tesla metro chargers everywhere?
1: Probably. Well, I don't know. Unless there is no more Tesla, which we don't think is going to happen. If they want to continue to service the, uh, you know, the chauffeurs and the limousines, they're going to need to put the fast superchargers in metro areas. Or, Or as,
0: again, we speak about this a lot. We talk about it ad nauseum. The more cars you have, the more... Efficient, faster supercharging is, right, so if you have a hundred cars and you need to get them through a supercharger, you want that supercharger to be as fast as possible as opposed to ten cars through the supercharger right. so i don't
2: know seventy two kilowatts in the city seems like like okay because there's so much to do in Brooklyn. Go yeah. plug in and just go walk around and look at things, yeah. It's true. It's not so much to do over there no, I, in uh, the middle of California right, next to uh, the place where there's uh, But that's not the point.
0: Was, but the point is that's not for all of the other people in the Teslas that need to charge their car. It's I about the speed of getting multiple cars through. Do yeah. you get it? I mean, I, do you want me to say it again?
2: Uh it's it's like Talk math. to me about time. Should I talk is it slower constant? to you? If you talk to me in a Scottish accent, I'll probably <laughs> understand it. But there's I... so much SpaceX news, Robert. So much. You're going to r- review I'm this. i are going to try and race try and... through this. Because nice landing. Don't race. Nice landing this Just, week. Just, you know,
1: make it good. Meander quickly. Meander as fast as you can. Go. So, uh, Gwen Shotwell's been very active She's the uh, CEO or no, she's the president of SpaceX. Gosh, now I'm getting this wrong and everybody's going to correct me. She is the
0: president of SpaceX.
1: Yeah, she's she's an amazing woman. She's really accomplished an amazing amount given the fact that she has Elon on one hand pushing and pushing like the screws so tight no one could ever unscrew them. And she's got a workforce on the other hand that actually has to eat, sleep, go to the bathroom and do something other than sit at their computers and desks and make rockets. So, mm. yeah. And so uh, a couple of really telling and interesting interactions with her. Uh, number one, she had a presentation that she gave at MIT. Uh, she was in the New York, Washington, Boston area for this space conference that they reconvened. We talked a bit about this last week, I think, in which they were trying to get the government to work with private space industry uh, and basically stop doing things like giving the Boeing United Launch Alliance, a billion dollars a year, whether or not we went to Mars, the moon or anything, they got this guaranteed billion dollars a year. How about taking that money and giving it to companies that actually produce and do and accomplish.
0: Well they do give SpaceX money to do they particular do, jobs for them. I think that they should be job based, but I don't know again, we don't know the work, the scope of the work that they're asking Boeing. Yeah, it's or actually United public space. Right, but we don't we don't talk about it. That's what I'm saying. We don't right. we're not talking about those particular things. They could be doing very, very important things that aren't commercially viable and government needs to pay for those things. They're not. Okay. Well Yeah. Thank you. I, it's you for, just a waste you. of.
1: It's a waste of government money at this point. How the Why? space program is funded, because it's not, it's not goal funded. It's not funded towards producing something that is usable and functional. And you know, it's, people said that about going to the moon, bro. Well, we got to the moon.
0: I understand that, but people said before we got to the moon that that was a waste of time and money. Even after we got to
1: the moon that it was a waste of time and money. Technology
0: comes out of things like that. I guess we
1: could talk more in the details of that, but I don't have that here to present today. Maybe next time. Okay. So she gave this talk at MIT and was very interesting that she let out that they are looking to do some research and to gain nuclear material to do nuclear rocket propulsion in space.
0: What did that first thing that went through your mind when you
1: read this? Don't blow up on the way up. Thank you. This is something that, uh, well, you know, we also thought they shouldn't blow up their rockets on the way down. But they're managing to do a pretty darn good job of getting all this stuff done. I don't expect they're going to treat, you know, you know, taking off with nuclear material— uh, as a lighthearted thing, I don't expect that either, Robert. Yeah. And no one expects them. Like no
0: one puts a rocket on a launch pad, being like, "Let's see if we can blow this up over." Like they don't want to do that, but it does happen. You will, you will acquiesce to the fact that occasionally. Rocket launches go bad
2: Well, uh, let me say this If they get the BFR to the point where they're taking humans up and down all the time And it's as safe as a 747 You know that they transport nuclear materials in airplanes all the time So this, once this is down, it's probably going to be fine But
1: yeah, right now, today,
2: mm-hmm. it makes me anxious Yeah, okay,
1: go on When Mel's going to Sydney in the BFR Yeah. Uh, every year or so, then, you know I
2: Not wouldn't... every year, mate I'm going over there for lunch today Because it's only going to take 38 minutes
1: that's true, you could Your, Your family. over there Except right? that by the, the time Harbor. you get there, the time change is going to place you kind of in the middle of the night Oh yeah, that's going so to suck So you're going to have to wait there, anyway Where's
2: the bloody coffee shop? on open at
1: 3am It's ridiculous, right. I get back on the rocket, come home <laughs> So, nuclear propulsion, interesting consideration That just shows me that SpaceX is really thinking far into the future Faster travel times around the solar system was the goal as well as having less propulsive material you have to haul up into space. So if you're trying to send a bunch of people to Mars and you have to haul five rockets to just fill the one that's in orbit waiting to go to Mars, how about if you only have to fill it with two rockets full of stuff? It makes space travel faster and it reduces the amount of payload you have to devote to fuel so you can haul more stuff. It just it makes sense if that's the best way to do it. I don't know because I'm not a rocket scientist.
2: It made a lot of sense to me, too, that uh, if you can make the rocket go fasty fast, then you're in deep space a lot less time, probably getting, I suppose, less radiation and less bored because, you know, space can be boring. <laughs> so I want to get to Mars because down on Mars, they got, you know what they've got, Tom? Cars.
0: I've seen every they got cars Star on Mars. Wars. Space seems really exciting, actually.
1: And so, as you say, boring, you, you have more space to put a boring machine in your BFR Once it's in orbit and going to Mars, if you have less space devoted to propellant. And that's also what she talked about in the second section of this, which is when she talked at Stanford, which I thought was really interesting. Um, They also talked about reusing the second stage of the Falcon rocket, or at least bringing it back. And they say they're not really going to be reusing any of the second stages. They're just going to try and bring them back, soft land them so they can learn more about that process, which will help in the development of the BFR.
2: So the second stage landing saves them $5 million a pop or something, right?
0: That's just for the fairing. That's if they can recover the fairing.
2: That's
1: for the fairing. But the second stage is actually worth considerably more. The problem is that it's never really been designed to re-land. So it's not like they have legs on it number 1.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not
1: like they have enough engine complexity to really feather the thing down to land like on a collar because mm-hmm. there's only one engine.
0: And it has that big bell on it.
1: Right. Well, I think they all have a bell, but no yes, the bigger the, the
0: much bigger bell on that single stage because it's more because it comes out outside of the stage right. right that comes down so it has more maneuverability in a single engine that bell has more range of motion
1: right but the way that they do land the falcon 9 is they actually use three of the engines and they have gimbals on all three of them which allows them to do a lot more maneuvering as they're heading down in a as you would say butt down fashion and so then gwen shotwell was at stanford Uh, being interviewed by Steve Jurvetson, which evidently got a lot of buzz among the engineering types. And they did a whole Reddit page on it in which they... uh, And this was not a recorded uh, presentation, but these folks took a lot of detailed notes. And it was really informative. If you're interested in space and what's coming down the pipe, you should definitely check this out. Um, And in fact... As well, we didn't get in the notes, Elon did an AMA on Reddit just, I believe, yesterday, which is an Ask Me Anything, or maybe it was two days ago, in which he gave a lot of detail into the development of the BFR. This are the highlights of what Shotwell said in Stanford. One, uh, Falcon Heavy is waiting and ready for launch. They're going to launch it, though, in December. No date yet. So it had been November for the longest time. I've been waiting, 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 and we're still going to wait for a little longer. It's going to go up from 39A in Florida. They're going to use that site for Falcon Heavy, and they're anticipating there being a, quote, commercial crew next year. And I don't know if that's going to be the two billionaires who are, you know, willing to
2: to to rapidly disassemble
1: (laughs) or if it's going to be like a NASA personnel. But next year is pretty soon. That seems
2: incredibly aggressive. Falcon Heavy, new technology. First one's going up in December. Yeah. And then they're going to have people on it by next year. I hope they do a lot of flights between now and then.
1: Yeah, maybe they've got like three or four flights designed but they're very proud of their launch escape system, which is part of the Dragon 2 capsule. And they've been testing and testing and testing that. That's You know, the Dragon capsule is what carries all of the food and the espresso machine and the other experiments and such to the ISS. But the Dragon 2 is a modified capsule that will hold people and has rockets on it so that if, for example, they're sending the Falcon heavy up and there's something wrong and the big tanks start to explode, they can blast this thing off and it itself can land using propulsive rockets. So this is part of, you know, it's not like you're married to the big explosive rocket that's gonna burn up. My understanding is they have an escape system that is pretty robust. Never be the first person to go on a rocket um that
2: could explode. Yeah. Wait, well, that's
0: always the case with every rocket. That every every rocket can explode. But I mean, that goes a the, new the same with everything. At one point, somebody said, "Hey, I invented airbags. Would you like to test them?"
2: Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say <laughs> is, I don't want to be on the first rocket. Well, you're, that not goes well, you're not invited. Well, that's good because I would it's have had to say no.
1: Isn't it? How much did they pay? A lot. Hundred million? I okay. forgot how much it's that we amount. quoted it months ago. A lot but of money. It was a lot of millions, which none of us have. So they talked about the global broadband network. We talked about this a please, little bit.
2: Please explain, right? Us.
1: Tesla planning to put up these? I don't know. Maybe you know stove-sized satellites that will float around the Earth. Forty-two hundred of them, roundabout ish. And they're going to be in low Earth orbit, low low Earth orbit, and they're going to enable you to use your cell phone and your data and not have to have any kind of cable, right? Gwen Shotwell made a um, a laughing remark. Everybody loves their cable company. Not, oh. I'm okay with mine. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. They charge me like whatever. So Never this mind. is
2: low down, low latency, not sort of the Hughes thing that's way out there that has the high latency, takes forever. This Correct. Is low down over
1: the entire Earth and super fast. Right, fast as your cable is, your connected wire internet, but from your wireless device anywhere on the planet once they get all 4,200 or so satellites up. And people are like, that's great. You know, it's like, can you really afford to do that? And she said, well, let's think about this. The global launch market is worth about $8 billion a year. That's good business to be
2: in. i would do that. Great Ben. That sounds good. Yeah.
1: The global broadband market is worth about... $1 One trillion dollars a year. That, excuse me. That's more. That is
2: a little bit. Let me just do the math on that. Eight uh-huh. billion is a little bit. Ten trillion. You yeah, carry the six. Okay. It's a. Oh (laughs) what? I thought for sure we
0: were getting an order of magnitude. The best thing (laughs) about
1: the thing, no one's
0: ever going to hear what you just said. Yeah,
1: that's a ton that starts with an F. Yeah. Yeah. And ends with a ton.
0: I mean it's a lot. It's an order of magnitude more. There's so many ways of that we could have gone with that. Yeah, but it's
1: actually just a ton more. I did it again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome. So this is like something that's going to put space. You know how much will SpaceX be worth at that point? One hundred and
0: seventy
2: two dollars ninety four cents. It's going to be so valuable. Can you imagine if they pull this off? And that I've got fast broadband network right across the world, and I can go from Melbourne, Sydney, Australia, Laos, uh, Portugal. And I've just got my device. Can you name and a couple I, more countries? That'd uh, be fun. Uh, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I can go anywhere. Uh-huh. I'm just paying Tesla 100 bucks a month right. for my device. Oh, anywhere yeah. in the world, fast internet uh-huh. access. How quickly will I say to AT&T,
1: Bye bye
2: Yeah.
0: I, mean, I don't, I don't know how quickly.
1: Fast. Very <laughs> fast. Very fast. This is pretty uh, impressive. They talked about where's the new BFR factory going to be. So she spells it out. Louisiana. And we talked about the NASA site that was in Louisiana. I forgot the name of it just now, but they want to keep it near the water because they said it's too expensive to move big things from the Hawthorne factory to the harbor. Quote, we priced transport to the harbor and it came out to two and a half million dollars per trip. Because it would require taking down various stoplights, and it just wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, well, once,
0: once every month and a half, they're removing um, stoplights all over the place.
2: I just think they should take Uber because I take Uber, and it's about six bucks to but, do that. But
0: do you remember when they moved the space shuttle through the city? Yeah, yeah. Like that was a an endeavor. Was, Imagine if they had to do that. An weekly. endeavor.
2: Ha! Oh. What an endeavor that was. I still think Uber would be cheaper. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, but anyway,
0: Uber
1: Uber large items. Moving. Yeah, it's called Uber Space Rocket Movie. <laughs> and so uh, Boca Chica, which is the SpaceX facility at the very southern tip of Texas that they're building, is quote a perfect location for the BFR. Huh?
0: It's in- interesting how they 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 they're starting to build a spaceport in a place that would be a perfect location for a giant rocket that they're also building. It's con- it's
1: convenient. Wow! <laughs> people ask: Could a, normal? What's pe- the chances? <laughs> could pe- could normal people tolerate the g forces of point to point BFR flight? This well, is if, what ab- I want to know. if abnormal people can, then for sure the people in this room can. <laughs> so, quote, we are designing it so normal people can fly in it. We'll take care regarding the G-force limits, but the experience will undoubtedly be sportier than an airplane. Yes, sportier.
0: <laughs> can can you can they affect the G-forces? That's what I was wondering. It's like, like yeah. how,
2: you can actually dial up the rate of acceleration and still have enough fuel to get out and all that stuff. I sort of assumed that you had to go at a certain Thrust yeah, that, speediness That, that but there apparently were some not. physics involved Well, you yeah. know, for
1: me to get from the red light to the next red light I could do it really slowly With but no that, forces Is he confused by gravity? No, we might be confused <laughs> by gravity I'm moving against gravity I've assumed I'm also moving against wind resistance that It's just in, a different magnitude
2: I've okay. assumed that you have to go to a certain speed Otherwise you could probably do it much slower But you would use up a lot more fuel. Can you throw a baseball up into the sky, Bill? Yeah, but... You can. (laughs) It's not as hard. Anybody have
0: any guesses as to what accent he's trying to pull (laughs) off right now?
2: I'm just saying, if you go slower, Uh then you're going to have to burn more fuel because you're going to be accelerating for longer.
1: Oh,
0: slower equals longer.
1: Anyway, go on. She says she can do it. Who am I to judge? Yeah, I mean, she is a rocket scientist. Let's see. It was funny, too, because she had said that she was disgusted working for the typical space program companies because they weren't innovating. They weren't really doing anything exciting. And she decided she was going to quit right about the time she got the offer for SpaceX. Her plans were either to become a hairdresser or a barista so or maybe a teacher. OK, so let's go back a minute to what you just said. She was
0: frustrated that space rockety companies weren't uh, doing enough inventing, so she was going to become a hairdresser.
1: Yeah, she was fed up with the
0: industry.
2: Okay, she was going to invent some serious good hairdressing. <laughs> yeah, really. The she's, rocket uh, do. That's right. You get I mean, your hair that, down that five seems seconds. like Boom. that
0: seems like a gigantic range of te- of skills. Uh,
2: I understand that. Like, I'm gonna like put rockets on Mars, or I just want to stay home and drink a beer. I pretty much feel the same way about my life. Okay.
1: I would like to do a lot of things or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she says government money was being spent in stupid ways. And she wanted to show how to, if you could spend money in an exciting way, what it would actually produce. She said that the first time that they went to the International Space Station, she didn't think that they'd make it. Hmm. But she thought they'd have to abort the mission. if, it, And they. I guess they were down to their last sensor. They had a bunch of sensor failures. Oh, and if one more sensor had failed, they would have had to abort the mission, which I'm sure makes Tom feel really comfortable. She said, but after that success and their landing successes, she just became that much more excited. And it's like She's really excited by the excitement within the company. And I think the most telling thing I'm going to wrap up with is that they asked about what are the biggest obstacles to the BFR success. And she said, number one, the composite tanks. I don't know if you guys considered that. I wasn't thinking that's the biggest thing. It's a big deal. He made uh, made himself
0: made a big deal about it. He did.
1: He showed it blowing up with like powder everywhere. That was that was fun. They also she also said building a larger Raptor engine. Currently, they're using a version of the Raptor that's, uh, you know, smaller. I think it's maybe like 40 or 60 percent of the size of the one that they plan. And they fired it over 40 times. But making the full size one, that's a challenge still. And then it says hardest still will be where are people going to live on Mars? And she said that they're not in the business of creating a Mars colony. They're a transport company. And Elon has said this, like the Trans-Pacific Railroad. They are the Trans-Pacific Railroad. They're not building San Francisco or Reno or whatever town is along the way. They're leaving that to other people. And she said, though, that it's kind of interesting that Elon's into the boring company, since on Mars, the most likely place you're going to live in the beginning is underground.
2: Yes, we've talked about that before. Is this whole thing Did the boring company simply start because he needed to practice building holes? Because on Mars, they're going to live in holes. Nobody will hear the scream. boring
0: company started because he needed to get to the airport faster. <laughs> it's true on Mars. There's no airport on Mars. It's bro. not. No, it'll be a spaceport. First off,
1: oh. Richard Branson and Virgin, they bought into Hyperloop One. Hyperloop One is probably you know is one of the top dogs in the Hyperloop transportation race. And uh, Richard, Sir Richard, uh, took a liking, thought it was an interesting way to promote transportation. And so he threw some money into the fund. Of course, recently, they had a funding round of $85 million, and they didn't disclose how much of that was Richard's money. But uh, I think that's kind of interesting. Further uh, legitimizes the whole Hyperloop transport Possibility. I'll tell you how much it was. It was enough that it's
0: now called the Virgin
1: Hyperloop One. Yeah, they said Hyperloop One said they would have taken the Virgin name even for no money. So... I don't know what that really means. So I agree with you. This is all about this legitimizer. So Richard Branson's a pretty smart guy, pretty good
2: businessman, and uh, is into the transport, and he's dropping $85 million and changing the name to Virgin. Hyperloop's a thing. Do you think it legitimizes, like Richard Branson is the legitimizer
0: for something that Elon wrote on a napkin? Uh, yeah. Because Elon pretty much legitimized Hyperloop, in my opinion.
2: Well, he sort of came up with the, not. he didn't even come up with the idea, he sort of, Push the idea back out into the public sphere mm-hmm. This had been thought of many times Many right. years before Elon yeah, yeah, yeah. But Richard Branson is a very a much more I would call him practical businessman I'm going to put my money into this Because I believe that it is going to be a real thing
1: soon Okay Elon uh, is more of a dreamer Yeah, people think of Elon a as kind of, of new like things. The crazy scientist kind of guy Not that that's accurate But Richard Branson's been around longer He's got multiple, multiple transportation companies that are successful that people say, well, I want to go to, you know, New York or I want to go to London. So I'm going to take Virgin to go there. No one's taken BFR to go anywhere at this point or Hyperloop to go anywhere at this point. They're all kind of pie in the sky ideas. But, yeah, I think this is really exciting. Makes me feel uh, even more excited to attend the next Hyperloop event. So I just wanted to review really quickly. We've got now Virgin Hyperloop One. We've got Hyperloop Transportation Technologies, which is another big organization here in the Los Angeles area. And they've actually signed a deal uh, to build a Hyperloop between – do you want to help me with these names? Yeah, now? sure, mate. Uh, between those two cities
2: in India. And, uh, Vijay <laughs> Ama Chilaman and Vijayawada.
0: Ravate and Vijayawada.
1: Yes, that's what I'll say And so uh, that's kind of a cool thing That they're getting people to go through with that There's TransPod Is a Canadian company that's been active They're going to build, or at least planning A route between Windsor and Toronto Windsor being Detroit, essentially It's like a suburb of Detroit So
0: Maple Leaf fans can get to uh, See the Red Wing games
1: Yeah, that would be awesome Mm -hmm. Wow, I would go to a Red Wings game Even though I don't know that I've ever watched a Red Wings game But if I could do it on a Hyperloop Dude, I'd be there in a moment. But you would use the Hyperloop to get to the game. You wouldn't watch it on the Hyperloop. I I would have to fly to get to the Hyperloop, but that's another story. That's a whole other thing. There's another uh, engineering company in India, DGW Hyperloop. Uh, They're planning a route between Delhi and Mumbai. No, we should have let Mel try that one. It was much easier. Heart Global Mobility. That's a group uh, that I thought, I've never heard of these guys before. Why would I bother even thinking about them? But it turns out they're grown out of the Delft team. And the Delft team have been consistent winners at the SpaceX Hyperloop. And so with all of that success and great engineering, why not just roll this into a company that could be the first Hyperloop company throughout Europe? And then we're a couple of more small ones, and then of course, SpaceX. And next summer, we're going to have uh, the Hyperloop competition next stage. Things seem to be heating up in this Hyperloop space, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited
2: because I like to fly Virgin. And you know why? Because I can order Shardys on mm. the little screen. Virgin sold to Alaska in this country. Did they?
1: Mm-hmm. And also, oh. they're purple. There's like purple lights I, inside. I like the lighting in there. I know. Yeah. It's very nice. Fly and they,
2: to Australia Virgin's nice. Purple lights make me calm instead of screaming. <laughs> I do scream a lot. You doesn't. know who
1: appreciates that more than you? Everybody else. The people sitting next to you. Isn't purple passionate? Passionate color?
2: Actually, purple is uh, the color of um, the kings and queens of the United Kingdom. Mm. And you know why? Purple? No, please. Because they got the purple color from snails. And they had to milk the snails by hand to get the purple color. So the only people that could get purple colored
1: things were royalty. Because I can't hire enough people to milk snails, even if I spend all of my money.
2: You have to have people with very small (laughs) hands.
0: It's
1: very (laughs) difficult. But I digress. But I digress. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, let's do letters. Welcome to Talking
2: Digression. Oh We're going to do letters, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The first letter here is by uh, Grant Brown, which is not hard to pronounce at all. He was talking you about hit that. just
0: like boom hard
2: nice.
1: and supercharging, and and Robert has a lot to say about this. And Grant wanted to make sure you could pronounce his name correctly. He says like the color, but
2: because, Grant is but a he,
1: color, but he misspelled no, Brown. Color.
0: No, he didn't oh, just that's spell colour. That's Australian. <laughs> that's that's how
2: they spell colour everywhere but here. <laughs> when I, I was in school know. they said you spell colour O U R because it's our way of
1: spelling it. Huh? Like that? No, nice. third grade Don't spell it like that. them Americans who don't know how to talk. They drop letters, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I was going to say that he's talking about geofencing around superchargers to prevent folks who live, whatever, a mile from the supercharger oh, from coming there and abusing the supercharger. Robert's going to have a rant. No, not really. But I would just want to be considerate and compassionate because, you know, life sometimes throws you curves. And so when it comes to these sort of metro chargers that are in, are, you know, metro chargers are the ones where you've got a lot more of them supposedly plan to come out to fill up the cities. So with the metro chargers, we're going to have a lot more access within the metro areas. And that's really, I think, what we need to have. It's not going to be about restricting folks. The supercharger team just needs to continue to keep up a very rapid pace, which we didn't see this week, on getting superchargers open. I'm saying that, Access to superchargers cannot be limited because that's like telling people you can't go buy gas. It's just going to hurt the marketplace. And if the chauffeur companies, the limousine companies, can't go and recharge their Teslas, Teslas aren't going to be sold to the limousine com- or bought by the limousine companies. And the gentry folks, the people who are willing to pay, you know, a hundred bucks to get from point A to point B, are not going to enjoy, wow this is an amazing car, this Tesla. It's so quiet. It feels so good. And that acceleration, I got to get one of these for me. Tesla's going to lose out on that whole opportunity there. For me, there's been many times, even as a organized and, quote, together person there, I did the quotes for you, Tom. I've woken up because, oh, damn, I forgot to plug in last night. S-H-I-T happens. And so... Right, but the limousine company is a totally different situation yeah, because those people... this is still people... a moot point.
2: Okay. You know why it's a moot point? No. This is a solved problem. Oh, okay. Because now they charge. And as soon as you charge, as in you have to pay money for supercharging... Right. ...the incentive to go and plug into the free charger is gone. So this geofencing idea is a moot point
1: now. That's only if people buy... Their, or order their Tesla before the end of October with Robert3177 as their code because then they'll get supercharging for life. Well, at least five people will, but if five more
0: people want to, they can use Laney9300 <laughs> as their code, and that would be 10 folks doing it, or they could buy a used one. What you people failed to point out is that Grant is a patron. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Grant. Not a Patreon, but oh, a, he's patron. a patron.
2: Okay, let's go on. Chet Swindoll. Chet Swindoll.
0: <laughs> Don't make the easy ones difficult.
2: Uh, EV tripping. He says, look, for you and Grandpa and the Bolt trying to get to Arizona, try out EV tripping. But I think EV tripping is just Tesla.
1: Dude, EV's tripping, <laughs> bro. Is that the Cheech and Chong website? Yeah, man. Am, Am EV I wrong?
2: Tripping. Is EV tripping just for Tesla? Yeah, so
1: I fired it up and I said, okay, I'm going to go from here to to uh, um." What's that city in Arizona? Phoenix, Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix, the other P place. And so uh, I'm going to go to Phoenix, and all it gave me was Tesla chargers along the way. Yeah, and so I couldn't make it give me the CCS chargers that would be required for Grandpa. There are a lot of great charger location apps that you can get on your phone. Uh, My favorite is PlugShare. They're probably the largest, but there's superchargers, there's... RV parks, there's alternative, there's charge point, there's a whole bunch of them. And uh, pick the one that works best in your area. If you've got seven or nine hours to charge up your Bolt, then sure enough, go ahead.
2: But let me just say one more time, ladies and gentlemen, this is why Tesla's network is so good at why it's why Tesla is so much better. It's so much easier, despite these great apps, to just follow the Tesla or a supercharger map in your Tesla. Brian Anderson, I like to call him mr anderson sends us a little thing here about household storage in an australian company rectify um which is in melbourne and if you're interested in that uh, there's a link there and also he has got some patreon stuff and he sort of takes us to task a little bit about us coming up with our own definitions of autonomous driving he says like this is a sort of an international description of the various levels of autonomy and you don't don't get to change that so for example mel when you say you're not a level five driver You're asking the wrong question. It's not, level five doesn't say how good it is at level five. It just says it can do it by itself, doesn't need human intervention. Well it, it so, assumes
0: that it does it well though right that it's not crashing into things. Well he correct? would say
2: this that Tom you're a level 5 driver and I'm not. Robert's a level 5 driver and I'm a level 5 driver but we might have vastly different capabilities in terms of you might crash all the time but you can drive
0: but level 5 is a marker of autonomous driving not of human driving
2: abilities. Right. So he's saying level 5 is that the manufacturer says this can drive under any circumstances but you'll see different levels within level 5. And that's that will be where the competition is. Like, we're Tesla, and we crash once every million miles. Right. You're Ford, you crash once every uh, 10,000 miles. So you should get a Tesla because it's a better driver than you are.
1: But they're both level five. That's true. And so you'll have level five quality as part of your marker, and maybe that'll become part of what's put on that window sticker when you go buy a car. Five star level five, or Four I'm only going to drive. I'm gonna. I want a. I want an app. I'm going to use my transportation app to send my kids to school, but I only want someone who's got level five, grade seven, or maybe it should be one, two, three. I don't know. A, B, C,
2: gold star. Yeah. Andreas sends us a little note from Munich, and he's got a pretty long email here that basically says: First of all. I'm crush from Germany. Tom's car. <laughs> I'm from Germany. I want to crush Tom's car. Everybody wants to crush Tom's car. And he lives in the land of BMW, but he's driven many a BMW and a Model S, and he says there is no competition. The Model S is a way better driving experience. He should know he's German. And then he sends us this really interesting web- website, and you should write this down. It's called worldometers.info. And it's a whole bunch of interesting information being updated, or at least simulated updates, In real time about how much CO2 is going into the planet, how much we're deforesting, and how many people are being born. And I find it hypnotic, if not sometimes depressing. So go check it out. com.
1: Yeah, and evidently this year uh, the, uh, the United States has ticked up in its CO2 emissions after a couple of years of going down.
2: Yes, and this was not because of any sort of political thing that's happened, but because it's been so hot. Mm-hmm. I believe that their explanation was is that people are cranking on the air conditioners and that bumped our CO2, which had been going down for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Todd Smith, space, SpaceX Satellites, he says Tesla will use SpaceX satellites to handle all vehicle-to-vehicle communications for Level 5. Is
1: that true? I don't know. Maybe I, I was curious where Todd got this information. Maybe you can enlighten us some more. As opposed
0: to cell towers, right? which are spotty in a lot of places.
1: That's true. I'm sure, you know, would they use cell towers where the cell towers are not spotty and then use their own satellites over, you know, other regions? Does that mean they would put their satellites first over the poorly connected regions?
0: Well, it makes sense for them to get a single network. So, I mean, it, logically, it makes sense. They wouldn't have to pay any access fees to the people who own those cell towers, which I'm assuming they're paying now. But they,
2: isn't there a problem with um, I have satellite radio. Okay. In my Tesla. It's yes. lovely. Yeah. And then when I go under an overpass, the radio does turn off. Mm -hmm. But that's a single
0: satellite point way high orbit as opposed to a bunch of satellites low orbit that could theoretically potentially have those. Yeah, but what about if I go into
2: a tunnel under, I don't know, Sydney? And it's a big, long tunnel. Satellite communication is not going to work in the tunnel.
1: So all of this is dependent on the packet size. You get packets downloaded to you for your radio. So like every whatever it is, six seconds, I don't know what the packet sizes are, but every six seconds, the car has to say, hey, satellite, send me another packet. And this exchange is happening constantly as you're listening to your satellite radio. The packets can get much larger if the communication is swifter. So if your satellites are much lower, maybe you could get a 30-second packet or a six-minute packet. So when you're in the big, long tunnel, the car can say, oh, look, I see Mel's about to go into this really long, mile-long tunnel, and there's traffic. He might be in that tunnel for 18 minutes. Let's download three big six-minute packets for Tom uh, for Mel, plus Plus. For that
0: level 5 stuff to work It's going to have to know where you want it to go Like you're not going to be able to get in a car And not let it know what your destination is So it will have worked out Its route ahead of time And like Robert said Been able to download that tunnel information
2: Yeah, it's not going to be all of the You're still going to have to have some vehicle-to-vehicle Or vehicle-to-road Do some repeaters in the tunnel. Some tunnels. repeaters, exactly Zebnyak Velonovsky Zebnik, Not even close Okay, whatever. He's uh, look said this. I got a problem. I was uh, driving around a lot and I was checking out some superchargers and I was plugging in. And more than in one circumstance, he went to a store where there were or a place where there were eight superchargers and they were empty. And he had fifteen percent of uh, charge. Mm-hmm. Perfect circumstance, right? To get maximal um, charging rate. Correct. And he only could get 85 kilowatts. And he's like, what's up with that? And I say that I've sort of been complaining about this for a while, that even under perfect circumstances, I've been in exactly the same situation. I've never gotten close to the theoretical 135 kilowatts of charging. Right. So we have been doing some articles recently saying Tesla has been upgrading their superchargers and then people have gone before and after these to these upgraded superchargers, and found significantly better rates of charge. So I, w- I suspect that um, this is going to happen throughout the supercharger network. We're seeing a lot more power packs at some of these places. So I wonder if they're sort of acting as a capacitor in some way to increase the speed of charging. Because it is your experience is a lot of people's experience. You don't get the full amount even under perfect circumstances.
1: Right. And so it definitely depends on your state of charge. The small, the lower your battery state of charge, the faster you will charge. It depends on the voltage quality or the quality of the electricity arriving at the supercharger, which often Tesla does not have control over. If the, if the utility has a very low voltage, that's like lower pressure pushing electrons, you're not going to get as much flow into your car. And that's a lot of the reason why they're installing battery packs is to help to buffer that. So when the capacity of the grid is challenged more, they can use the power packs, which have been trickle-charged to full, to push more voltage or more amperage into the cars. And, you know, this is electrical engineering. It's a little bit complicated, and we're now becoming much more sensitive towards it as we're becoming dependent, basically, on these places to charge up our cars.
2: Joel Sepp sort of links to all of the uh, articles that you just did about the uh, BFR. Thanks, Joel. Justin Thiel says, love the show, makes me laugh. Thank you. Uh, Elon is uh, implying level five just by the fact that he's talking about having Teslas on an Uber-like network. Right. So I was sort of trying to pass out his words, but that's actually a really good insight. If you're going to have this magical network that drives people around, by definition, that's going to be level five. And then the next email is funny. Pronounce this guy's name, Mel. He's um, trying to, uh, what's it called? Um, Make fun of me? Spoof. Spoof, make Mm. fun of? Uh, I thought, not just you, probably, all of us. Yeah, well, Tom, Um, definitely. Kaiduku Raku, nothing pronounceable by Mel. It says,
0: good luck pronouncing this Mel is his name. He even pulled a Gmail address uh, similar to that. Good luck trying to find that one, to be honest (laughs) with you. He took us to task. For talking about cupholders.
2: A good luck pro. Keep talking about cup holders, he said. This is the biggest, most important issue our nation is facing. You should really spend more time on it. Maybe even give the subject its own dedicated podcast. Those guys at Tesla Show are probably going to do a deep dive on this as well. <laughs> Beat them to it. Spend four hours talking about it next time. And maybe an hour about no lights in the rear vision mirror. So it's a the visor mirrors. mirror, visor. So, so we're
0: we're sensing
2: sarcasm. Is that what that's called? <laughs> a little bit. Well,
1: well you, you know, like, is that I what's do happening? We should do
2: a four hour show. Then.
1: I do feel embarrassed right. though, and I did get put down in reality Uh-oh. because I was told there have been lights in the visor mirrors on the model X for some time. There is mm. a month, yeah. I think that, uh, but on it's the only S. the S, yeah. Should
2: we spend four hours talking about it?
0: Let's do it. And it can be on uh, Talking Tesla cup holders, but I digress.
2: <laughs> Trulio de Medio says, Get I, mate, from Australia. So, Tulio, there's no R. No, mate, I'm Australian. I put R in everything. R. And he says, G'day, mate. And then he starts talking about Model 3 production VIN numbers. And mm-hmm. says, You know, <laughs> how back in the day when you had a calculator and uh-huh. uh, you would type things in there and then you'd turn it upside down and it would actually make letters. Mm-hmm. Well, he says that some of these VIN numbers are funny.
0: Mm-hmm. For
2: example, 1134, which has been talked about, mm-hmm. is spells out hell
0: on a calculator, an old on a, calculator. On an old, if you happen right. to have a very old analog calculator, well, you could do it on your cell phone too. Yeah, that's true.
2: And then apparently you can make other words about people's body parts that we're not
1: going to talk about. I thought that was kind of funny because it's true. You know, there was the report that uh, the VIN number 1134 was pulled from the National Highway Transportation Safety Authority Mm -hmm. for Tesla, for Model 3. And I thought 1134, that is so far out Mm -hmm. than the highest number I have seen, right? Mm -hmm. The the highest number I've seen photographed of a VIN was like 456 maybe. And so what the heck are they doing with thousands, right?
0: When the Diablo is a reservation holder, the Diablo demands his vehicle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) (laughs) William von Frost says, uh, and this is sort of a bit of an advertisement for him, but I don't care. It's kind of a cool product. It's called dreamcase.eu. And it is this idea that, you know, you can sleep in your S. It's a really great place to sleep. If you have to put your mattress in there or your X or whatever it is. And they've basically come up with this case, which you sit in the back of your car. And then when it's time to go sleepy, sleepy, nappy, nappy, it just unfolds into a bed and fits perfectly into your S. And in the future, X and Model 3. It looks pretty cool. I'd if it's willing, not too expensive.
0: It's 800 and plus bucks. Wouldn't mind one of these. I puppies. would be willing to try it out, Willem. Yeah, and I so, will
1: actually say your name correctly, Willem. Willem? am? Uh, we went back and forth on email, and he said that uh, he hasn't had anybody buy one in Southern California yet, but he's going to try and arrange a little setup. So, you know, maybe we could take a little nappy nap uh, after these long shows in the car using the dream case. Although a friend of mine, Rob, who did the famous corner-to-corner trip mm-hmm. around the United States said, well, why not just get, you know, a couple of foam pads and a blow-up air mattress and use the— Cigarette lighter plug you This know, is the Tesla quicker, To blow up
0: away. It's pretty
2: That's true
1: William, angry?
0: William It's cool Well well designed Thank you
2: Jeff Griffin is another Australian Apparently we have a lot of Australians mate mm. And uh, he's, got a, he's got a long letter But he, he throws out some numbers here Which are really interesting I think maybe, 17 No No 49 No, it's 42 Here are the numbers. Oh. He says this, that on average, according to an analysis from uh, Deloitte, a dealer's profit on selling a car averages about 5%. New cars. Which is crazy. And that the majority of their cash comes from... Like 50%? 50% of the
1: money that the dealers get is from parts and service. Of which electric cars don't really uh, fit that paradigm.
2: And so if you want to understand why people in these places really push gas cars and don't want to push electric cars, there's your answer. Because all the cash is in service. And we've talked about it, but he actually puts some numbers to it. So now I understand dealerships more. And while they are fighting Tesla tooth and
0: nail. Hence the lack of dealerships in the Tesla sphere because Tesla knew this model because they also do the research. And they're like, we're never going to find any dealers because no one's ever going to get these cars fixed.
1: It's also interesting that dealers had to pay hundred grand to be able to offer the Bolt a car on true? which they will make very little money. Well, I don't know. Interesting. That's what his uh, Yankee father-in-law said. It's uh, apparently...
2: Norman Gray, another person that said Level 5 is supposedly in there because of the uh, fleet design network idea that Tesla's had. So we'll see, Tom, if it really happens. Mm-hmm. Brian, Oaten, Brian? Oaten Reef, maybe? Oaten Reef said, uh, I haven't actually read this article, but apparently there's some drone EV recharging thing that people are trying out. So you're driving and the drone comes down and plugs in and charges you? I don't know. I'm to it, watch it. How it can do that, I don't know. But, you know, thinking outside the box. And uh, Pat Coddington says, uh, mate, uh, you guys are wrong. When you say that a Model 3 ramp-up in production being slow is not going to fix the tax credits. He says that's just not true. If you keep making S's and X's and not too many
1: 3's, then you're going to run out of tax credits for the Model 3 people. Depends on where you ship them. That's true. And they make them at quite a bit lower rate than they're planning to make the 3. That's why I made the comment. I appreciate your concern, though, because I would hate to be in that thousand three Model 3 deliveries that don't get the $7,500 credit because you missed the cutoff
2: Yeah And uh, lastly, he says this Mel made the comment about not being able to hear while driving Because he had ABBA cranked up all the way Seriously, mm-hmm. ABBA? From that last point alone If I were Rex Tillerson and a listener I'd have to shake my head and say You're a f-ing moron. Oh. Seriously, love the show, keep up the good work Hey mate, let me just tell you right now ABBA's the greatest group ever in the history of the world It's a fact <sighs> Everybody agrees, and many people are talking about it. Thank you. James Delahide has a big, long, cracked... uh, You know, this is the gentleman who put his electric bike... Yes. 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 Put his electric bike... Yes. On the car. Yes. Had one of these suction cuppy things onto the glass. Sea
1: sucker, yes. Went over a little bump. Yes. Kaboom! yeah and actually, this time, so Jess and I have been emailing back and forth because i've also been emailing back and forth with Seasucker because this really challenged me i i am I bought my car with the all glass roof with the intention of when transporting bikes using the Seasucker I think it's a great product i've gotten nothing but great feedback except jess 's experience and he actually sends us a picture of what his all glass roof looked like after he did this turn and bump over a railroad track and Damn, that thing is cracked. Yeah, it's not just a little small crack. It's a big crack. It's a big crack. So he went back to Seasucker and got the same response I did. Like, that's impossible. We've designed it this way. And then he showed them more proof. And they were like, oh. And so the conclusion is, don't put a 55-pound electric bike on your glass roof. Don't don't do that. Do not. Do not. Do not don't do that. Don't do this so at Mel, home. Don't do that. I'm not doing it. Do not do this. And so that's just too much for the glass roof, the sea sucker, the bike, etc. If you're using the sea sucker for like road bikes, you know, that weigh like 20 pounds a piece. Okay. Uh, maybe you should get the bigger sea sucker rack if you're having like four bikes on because you're going to spread the load out over a wider range. But the bottom line is uh, his setup his way of doing this was verboten. And Seasucker gave him back his money. And then he ended up going down the road of putting on a trailer hitch on the back of the S. Of course, S does not have a trailer hitch. You can pull the bumper off. There are bolts for the rear uh, bumper system that can be taken off like by a body shop. And there's a rack that's for sale by a number of people that you can bolt on. You have to do a little cutting around the bumper at the Bottom and it sticks out and it kind of scrapes when you go over some driveways. But the bottom line is, it's the most bomb proof way to mount your bikes, maybe even tow something because it's a trailer hitch that you end up with. That's what he's done. It set him back about $1,600. He sort of outlines it. And what I wanted to know, which is okay, so this is established for an S. You can get a hitch on an X. What about the three? And we watched OCD Kaling's mm-hmm. uh, video where he says, no, nope, there's nothing back there for a um, trailer hitch. But who knows? If you pull the bumper off, I'm sure there's bolt attachment points. So I wrote to uh, one of these manufacturers to find out, uh, that's EV Annex, what's their plan? Are they going to build something to put on the back of the three?
0: Well, I have a bike rack that will fit sort of on the back of a car. And the, the le- it looks like a spider. Right, and you adjust it, and the legs can sit on the top of the trunk, mm-hmm. and then the back legs sort of rest on the bumper, and it sits sort of on top of the car with a couple of straps that you tighten into the trunk roof. That fits sort of just a standard sedan car. I used it on the Lexus, on the ES, and mm-hmm. it just sits back there, and the Model 3 is going to have a similar setup to that. So there are bike racks available for uh you know, sedan type cars that don't require a mount. I don't know what the brand is. I will write that information down.
1: Yeah, all the big uh, manufacturers like Thule and Yakima, and there's quite a few others make these sort of fold out, yeah. um, sort of yeah so racks that's probably that hang out the on mod- the back. They're just a little less
0: maybe permanent, convenient. Yeah, they're not great because you have to take them off completely to get into the trunk. But you know, it that that is probably. The, at least the short-term solution to if there is no re- holder for the Model 3.
1: Wow, and there's more letters that I didn't even
2: see. So, like yes, I Marty Hen is in a New Zealander who got a Model S to Australia and then took it over to New Zealand and he just shows us some pictures of this plate number holder. plate plate holder, license plate holder cool. that sort of clips underneath the front of the car. There's yeah, no drilling
1: of, uh, of holes. This is for S though, not for 3. For S, yes. And that's yes. what I have on my car too and this is what they need to design for 3. It's a no-holes-barred, beautiful license plate holder that does not mar the bumper. But he's saying he thinks it's not an aftermarket product? No, this comes from Tesla. Okay. For the S. I have it. It's sitting in my car right now because it has been six months and I need to put the front plate on. Sad face. Corey M. Dick. All right. He's from Dallas, Texas, mate. And he's
2: got this interesting situation he wanted to ask us about. Oh, he got an S in December. He's looking at an X. And he has two options for power. The first plan is he can pay 14.4 cents per kilowatt hour between 6 and 9, but then totally free from 9 to 6 overnight. Or the second plan is 9.9 cents per kilowatt hour between 9 and 9, and then it goes down a little bit overnight to about 7 cents per kilowatt hour. And he goes, hey, which one should I get? He already uses a fair amount of uh, electricity. uses about two to uh, 3,000 kilowatt hours per month. So I would say this... In the end, all you've got to do is work out your total kilowatt hours you're going to use a year and then just run it through both of those scenarios. But in general, I would say this. If you drive your cars a lot, EVs require a lot of energy. Yeah. I would be going for the free overnight. Oh, yeah. But I don't understand how they can possibly sustain that because I would also tell you, go get a power wall. Or three or four <laughs> Fill them up for free overnight yeah. And use them during the day You'll pay those puppies off within about three years
0: Right, well, if you drive your car Between the hours of 9pm and 6am Then the free one's not going to work for you True. If you happen to be home most of the time right. Then that will work But what, what happens for power plants Is they are making energy 24 hours a day And in the middle of the night Most people aren't using it So they're just basically sending it out To not to nowhere anyways so, they're providing
1: a service in this particular instance. Yeah, right? I mean, know that charging up a Model S overnight, like if you're actually going to put in like 70 kilowatt hours, mm-hmm. that's like running an arc welder for like six hours straight. Yeah. That's a huge amount of electricity. Mm-hmm. And if you can get it for free, I like Mel's idea too. My goodness, if you and all of your neighbors aren't buying power walls, I. Yeah, I, Surely uh, the utility is going to go, uh, you can't do that.
0: Well, it would depend on what, again, what their daytime energy usage is. What is the payoff period for multiple
2: power? Well, you know, there's there's math still. Yeah, but if you're using a lot of energy, though, and they're charging 14 cents per kilowatt mm-hmm. hour, and you can get that for free, the payoff. I haven't done the math, but it's going to be yeah, pretty good. you got to get yeah.
1: Gordon at Solar City a call.
2: Kyver, or Tesla Kyle Energy. Hoover. <laughs> Kyle Hoover is uh, the person who told us he's a Patreon subscriber. He's a Model 3 reservation holder. And patreon subscribers uh pa- patrons not patreons it's like saying uh i'm going to send out the twitterers so
1: they're patrons tom they're patrons that's why tom was saying this earlier i think he was he was ahead of us on the letter reading uh, the additional letter reading section of the podcast
2: Uh, Franco Capizzo tells us about the Tesla layoffs. We talked about that. Tim James is from Australia. Again, another Australian. And he's like, I'm only halfway through your ridiculously long episodes, but still well done. Sucker. And he sends us this article about the Australian energy market. And it turns out that Australian businessmen are like American businessmen, that they kind of stretch to the truth and lie about their product versus somebody else's product. In this case, the hydroelectric people making these ridiculous claims about uh, energy compared to... Tesla Powell's mm-hmm. completely missing the point that I can't put a hydroelectric dam at my house, for example. Wait, so hold on. So
0: the guys that are currently at my house right this very moment building a hydroelectric <laughs> dam, they
2: scammed me? Yeah, they scammed you, Tom. It turns out damn it, that uh, you can't build a hydroelectric dam if on your little house. only this email had come last
0: week, I wouldn't have signed that contract. These guys are wearing beaver suits, though.
2: (laughs) Oh, they could probably do it. (laughs) Is that weird? They could do it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hey, uh, it was Talking Tesla. His name was Tom. That's true. Uh, His name was Robert. My name is Mel. The show is kind of silly, but we hope that you find it useful. And informative. Informative. That's a word. Bash some information in your head. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. Uh, Patreons, I'll talk to you Friday. We're going to talk about Puerto Rico. And hey, if you Patreons can send me and Robert an email about
0: what kind of interesting stuff Mel talks about, <laughs> that would super be helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super yeah. helpful. Tweet yeah. me. That'd yeah. be great. Uh, out. Bye.
2: Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Brew Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes.
1: And produced by C.C. Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking tesla. To find our referral codes, go to
2: talkingtesla.net forward slash about And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.